you just feel a massive amount of pressure. And it's probably the same way as being the wrestler. I don't think I felt have felt the kind of pressure that I have um, since competing. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the head coach at the University of Illinois, Mike Poeta. Coach Poeta just announced a brand new facility that will be built for the University of Illinois in the spring of 2024, I believe it is. So we had Coach Poet on to talk about the new facility, talk about some of the announcements over the summer. Really enjoyed this podcast. Hope you do as well. Fan of the week goes to our friend Larry Brassfield, a diehard listener of this show. Thank you for reaching out and supporting the podcast. Greatly appreciate it, Larry. This episode is brought to you by Beat the Street Chicago, a new sponsor We're so honored to be partnering with Beat the Street Chicago for this upcoming season. And you know, folks, wrestling has a storied history in Chicago. It goes back over 125 years. But over time, city schools lost funding, budgets were cut, and elite sports moved to the suburbs, and city kids got left behind. But now Beat the Street Chicago is bringing it back. They're bringing back wrestling to Chicago's neighborhoods for the kids who need it most. Beat the Street Chicago now serves over 2,500 city kids, and they are the largest youth wrestling organization in Illinois, with coaches invested in all aspects of these kids' lives, academics, athletics, and mindset. Beat the Street Chicago is creating new stories of lives being changed, and we want every Chicago youth to be able to say that wrestling changed my life. So help Chicago youth experience the life-changing power of wrestling with the donation of Beat the Street Chicago. Donate before Giving Tuesday, which is November 29th, and your donation will be matched 100%. Go to btschicago.org slash donate. That's btschicago.org slash donate. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for head coach Mike Poeta. Coach Poeta, welcome back to the podcast. All right, thanks, Ryan. Glad to be back. You know what I consider you? I I honestly feel I, I feel like you got in in a very innocent way, in a very pure way, you got a Howard Stern vibe. Because <laughs> I feel you, I feel like you do such a good job interviewing the person that they almost forget that they're being interviewed. 
And then you, <laughs> then you end up getting way more out of people. So your uh, yeah, your your curiosity towards the people you're interviewing gives me a, a Howard Stern vibe, and you really you get the best out of your interviewee. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, it's uh it's been a lot of fun. We we're coming up on the four year anniversary in uh, next month, so it's been a good good run. Many more years to come. For sure, I've listened to probably the majority of them. Love it, love it. Well, I'm pumped to have you on today. Michigan State Open happened last weekend, but the bigger news we have to talk about is the announcement on the new facility. That is just tremendous news. Take us through that that process. All right, this has been um, this has been needed for a pretty long time. Um, we know with we're in Huff Hall right now. We've had a streak of all Americans that is very impressive. Last 10 years, you got Jesse Delgado is a two-time national champ. Isaiah Martinez is a two-time national champ. So obviously, we you can get it done here. It really doesn't matter what's kind of surrounding you as long as you have the math, the weights, and that kind of stuff. Um, but I feel like the the program that we have and what we've been producing and what uh, what kind of facilities are around the country, we, we really needed something. We kind of uh, – our guys deserved it. So I would say the process started in 1992 for, for this <laughs> announcement about 30 years ago. So Mark Johnson and Jim Heffernan take over in 92. And I would say that's kind of the modern era of Illinois wrestling. And uh, they take it to new heights pretty quickly. And they were kind of told, promised, whatever was going on behind the scenes that a new facility is coming, a brand new wrestling facility. So since the mid nineties, Coach Johnson's been was recruiting guys and hey, you're going to be in a brand new facility by the time you're done. And he was telling them the truth, what he truly believed in, what he was being told. And it's kind of a running joke around amongst the alumni. Like, who was the oldest person that said they were going to be in a brand new facility by the time they were done? And it's like guys that were being recruited in like 95, we're like Steve Marinetti's time frame, his his kind of group of guys. Um, so for forever it was it was it's coming it's coming we're next in line it's coming we're uh, coaches were being told by ad's and just for some reason it just never came to fruition and we were really close in 2020 so in february the school was going to announce a uh, small like olympic sport arena about seven to eight thousand uh seats it was going to have us gymnastics volleyball and very similar to what Ohio State has, where your your kind of training space is connected to it, and then you compete in the middle. And it was going to be amazing. I was so excited about it. And February of 2020, we got the news that it was it was done. It's happening. It's getting announced in May. And I was so fired up about it. I love that it was in downtown Champaign, where all the the restaurants, the the bars, the hotels, like just more more action around there. I thought it was going to be great. And then so COVID happens financial situation isn't where, where it was. And that, that project got put on hold. And when that happened, I'm like, we're, we're facility cursed. That's just, that's what we had at this point. I mean, literally we were, it was there. And then a worldwide pandemic stops it. Like, a, like there, can't, there can't be anything else. I go, I go next time we're promised. I think the only thing left is if aliens show up that could get it away. Like there can't, there really isn't anything else left. So that that ended up that project ended up not happening and it stunk because I was so excited about it. Um, and then I got the head coaching job and we've had we've had guys that were pledged to to give money to a facility for a long time. Just great people, 
very, very generous um, guys. Sorry, my uh, texting went off. Very generous guys. They they want to invest in the program. They love Illinois wrestling. They love the guys on the team, the staff, and they've been pledged for a long time. Um, but it wasn't quite getting us like the needle, like past the hump of like, all right, we can we can do this. So we had a, a couple couple of new prospects where there was a great great relationship with myself with the team, and they the the capacity was there for a facility like this, and this was a, kind of a surprise to me. The the aid RAD here said that hey we're gonna go with the donors we're gonna take a trip to to Ann Arbor and Columbus and we're gonna look at their facilities and my first reaction is they're gonna let us like they're they have these beautiful facilities I mean we're in the Big Ten we compete against each other um so that was like kind of a surprise to me but I have to give credit to Sean Bormet and Tom Ryan for just almost like their generosity of, of letting us come in, letting us look at their facilities. And um, so we flew out, saw those spots. We came back to Champaign. It was myself, the donors, the AD, and we just like got into a very serious conversation and it moved pretty quickly. And uh, the AD called me into his office about three months ago and said, Hey, we did it. We got, we got it. And it was, it was a collection of, of so many people that worked really hard. And, uh, the, the hardest part about it was he said, you can't tell anybody though. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I sunk. Usually I stop. Usually I stop people. If someone says something to me, if they, if they started with, Hey, you can't say anything, but, and I'm like, Whoa, wait, 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 wait. I'm probably going to tell someone. So are you sure, like, can you go on? But I'm probably going to tell someone, but he had already told me the news and I really wanted to honor what he said. And, and he is my boss. So kept it uh, as, as quiet as possible. And uh, the announcement was, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. And it was, it was a monumental mo moment for our program. I mean, this has been talked about forever. I always say it like, you know, the, a lot of the other big 10, a lot of the programs we're competing against, they're in Hollywood and we're in Compton. Like they're in Beverly Hills, they're in Beverly Hills. We're in Compton. It's just, it's, it's just not, it's not the same playing field here when it comes to that stuff. So for our program to have that, our guys to have it, uh, it be a tool that our guys can develop faster. We can recruit better is, is enormous for our program. I love it because I remember when we talked, it must've been a couple of years ago, right? When you were getting the job that the initial proposal was to put a locker room across the street, get a new locker room and use the same wrestling room. And you are like, you walk out of the office, like mystified that this is like a real realistic proposal. And now you guys have a standalone facility. Like it's come so far so fast. Yeah. I, to be honest, when it's built, I, I know I was building one that, that the price tag on it is more expensive, but I mean, this is going to be state of the art, like best, best in the world. Like, like it, it, it will be, it's going to be, it's going to be so nice that it's, it's so amazing that it got to the point that you like what you're saying. Um, the reason that the, the project that you were talking about, about potentially resting room in one building locker room in another was because RAD is really behind wrestling. And he recognized that we were behind and the, mo the money wasn't quite where it was to announce the facility that, that we're getting. So he was trying to figure out every option possible. Like how can, do something for you and laying out plans. And he was working really hard. He was thinking outside the box, but they just, they, they didn't feel right. And then uh, we're obviously really grateful that we waited and it turned into uh, kind of what Illinois wrestling deserves.
it's so awesome, man. Like, you know, everyone from Illinois is so proud of, of the quality of wrestling in Illinois. And now that you're at the helm, you know, watching the, you know, the fighting Illini build, it's going to be an exciting thing. Tell me about like the excitement on that, on that trip to Ann Arbor and Ohio state. You guys must've been just, just jacked with excitement on that flight. It was the first time I was ever in a private jet. extremely cool extremely cool uh cool like a lot of clout like i was bragging to a lot of people um but the thing is about about the there were there were three there were three guys that that really stepped up to the plate for this project and they were they were on the trip with us and the best part about these guys is they're like genuinely great people like as down to earth as possible i actually have a great story about about one of them um but uh, uh, so re- regardless of what we were trying to get accomplished, what we were trying to show these guys as far as look at look at what our competition has and kind of look where we're at, um, the trip was just a good time. Good people and looking around at all the different things like I know R.A.D. kind of killed lots of birds with one stone as far as, you know, he saw a lot of the things that Michigan and Ohio State was doing for all their athletes, things that they were doing for their football program. And so I think just. Overall, the AD, the donors, myself, the trip just came, we came back. It was a success and everybody, I think, kind of, kind of accomplished out of it what they wanted. Wow. Exciting. And if you look at the press release, the three big donors are mentioned and I don't know, I don't know. Can you talk about them or? Yeah. The three guys are Mark Mestemacher, Ron DeMonico and, and Doug Wagner. And, and like what, one example is, um, and, and, so Doug's Doug's son, I coached him when he was in high school. He's on the team here. Phenomenal kid. And he called me up one time and he said, Hey, uh, you know, I, I owe a little money on my, um, on my security deposit. I owe a hundred, I owe 170 bucks. Do you know of any, uh, any places that were like, I could get a job or I could work for someone. Uh, I need to pay it back because my dad won't help me out. No, and I, then I call. I called. I called his dad, and I go, "This is why you're effing awesome. This is why you're <laughs> a good dude, and this is why you have such a a, a good down to earth son." Is he messed up? His place got wrecked a little bit, and you wouldn't help him. He's on his own to do it. I go, That's why you're <laughs> a great kid. And that kind of and that kind of just shows like what I was saying on the trip. Like these are just great down to earth, genuine people. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. And and Mark Messermacher, I mean, he's been helping Illinois wrestling for decades. At the facility he helped build at, I think it's Edwardsville. That was like ten years ago, and that was for a high school it was crazy. Yeah, that that facility is beautiful. We were just there the other day doing a clinic, and and Mark, like Mark, is of such service to wrestling, and it's and it's way more than than financial um, contributions. It's and I I always think it's more impressive when when you give your time, just, like just as much or even more than than being generous with with um, with donations, and and you see Mark at every camp he puts on, you see him at the IKWF State Tournament, you see Mark everywhere. Like he is he is a guy that is genuinely just of service to kit to wrestling to for opportunities for wrestlers. So like. Like you said, everybody knows Mark, and and Mark is is been a tremendous figure for wrestling and Illinois wrestling. How did you go about designing the actual layout of the of the facility? That had to be a lot of fun. So it was kind of like, all right, Coach, what 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 needs to be in it? What 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 are the imperatives? 
Like, what are the wants? What's your, what are your wish? What's your wish list? And I kind of just, I went down the list that the most important thing is obviously like practicality for our training. Like we got to make sure we have enough mat space, our, uh, the weight rooms in it, the conditioning stuff is in it, all the recovery stuff. Recovery right now is huge with wrestling. The science is really big. We've been, we've been pretty scientific or trying to be with our recovery. Uh, so went down the list of, all right, what's, what's going to help us win? What do we need to win? And then kind of beyond that was, all right, this would, this would be really cool to have. This would be, this would be nice if we could add this to it. And then our, our like designers and architects, they kind of take it from there. I can't wait to see it. It looks like a 2024 is when things would begin and then wrapped up by 2025. So we'll be eagerly awaiting updates. For sure. And to, to be honest, the, the location is the best part, in my opinion. So when we, I, I kind of knew the facility was going to happen, but location wise, I, I, I wasn't sure. Illinois has kind of like an athletic campus, kind of all like in, in one spot. And I just sort of assumed that ours was just going to be in the mix of that. And thinking about putting it right next to the state farm center. Now, I, 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 maybe it was almost too good to be true to even like ask that or even think that it was like <laughs> realistic. I actually thought if I brought that up to put it there, that the AD would just look at me and say, okay, you're fired. And then just go <laughs> on because that's like, who, like who, who am I to ask for really the, the prime location, prime real estate. And uh, our, the wrestling sports supervisor who is like so great. I, I'm so lucky to have this guy. He, he fought for it and he got it there. He wanted it there. It was actually his, his idea originally. And he got, uh, he got everyone to agree on it. And I look at it like for more so for Illinois wrestling, the, the state tournament. So the IHSA state tournament, that is, that is the biggest deal. Like I know everybody's state tournament is a big deal, but I don't know what it is to, for us, Illinois people. I mean, it was like life and death to me, like winning that <laughs> thing. I wanted to win it so bad. And you go fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and you're watching it. And, and those guys are like, they're, they're superheroes to you. And, uh, that building means so much. And I know just the, the IHSA weekend is huge. That's state tournament. And the the only place for the guys to warm up, do anything for their weight is really in our wrestling room at Huff. And the the coaches are going back and forth from Huff to the State Farm Center. Some coaches, if if you have little guys wrestling at the state tournament, someone, a coach has to be there. And then you got the upper weights being warmed up by a, another coach over at Huff. It's different locations. Parking is a uh, disaster. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to going to be this is going to be amazing for the for the state tournament that this building is going to be 10 steps away from where they're where they're actually wrestling so yeah. i think just as big as it is for our program i think there's going to be a lot of perks for the for the state to use this i never even thought about that yeah because you're right i mean as an eighth grader sneaking into huff hall to watch the guys competing at state warm up was awesome and I remember even one year we were warming up at Huff Hall and we were like late. My mom's calling me. They're like calling us to the mats and we're trying to park. And yeah, that's going to be sweet to have the, the warm up area right there. And there's going to be that whole weekend is just going to be festivities going on at both facilities. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. I really look forward to that. And I'm like such an anxious person. Like I want to just fast forward till 2024, 2025. And I know, I know that they, um, they kind of roll their eyes at this, but I'm like, we have 33 guys. We have 
33 manual labor guys, wrestlers. So if you guys need someone to carry something for the, the carpenter or the plumber from their truck to the toilet, we will do it. <laughs> anything, that, anything that will speed this up, like use us. That ain't going to happen. They don't do that. But <laughs> I like how you think, man. Let's just get it done. Yes. And that's not the only big announcement you guys had this summer. The great Imar returns to his homeland. That was a, a big addition, and it's got to be exciting to have Imar back on campus. It's it's enormous because I I think that when you when you see yourself in someone, it's easier to accomplish things. And Isaiah pulled up a singlet that was blue. It had orange stripes on the bottom. It had an I right here. It had Big Ten on the back. And every single one of our wrestlers, they're pulling on the same thing. So they're seeing they're seeing this guy that went through the program, did everything, had the same experience kind of that they're going through. And he was able to accomplish what all their goals are, what all, what, what is the most, honestly, the most important thing in most of their lives right now, they're, they're being coached by a guy that did it and he did it here. And I remember here kind of going back to, to Shaw, I was saying how Bormet was just super generous with allowing us to walk through the facility in 2010, I was out at the World Cup and Russia was just dominating so, so much at that time. And in the U.S., we were a little down. And I'm like, Bormet, how is Russia so good? Like every guy and they're like 16, 17, 18 year olds are so good. And he's like, they they all train together and they see the older the older generation. They're, they all win world titles, Olympic titles, and they just kind of think they're supposed to do it. And he goes, I just, I think that's where it's at right now. And I think with Isaiah coming back, it's like, guys, this is, this is the, um, this is the example here. This is the, this is the expectation. So I think him, there's an added layer to it with him being a U of I guy. It's not only like how successful he was, but like how explosive and how awesome it was to watch him. I mean, just like out of nowhere, he would explode on a guy. And I, I talk about it all the time, but that, that finals with, um, with JB, that was a battle. Like when they wrestled in the the war, final X, I think it was a couple of years ago when he was still with you and Medlin, man, that was unbelievable. At that point, I thought, man, Imar might be you know top five in the world, even if he doesn't make the team. I I completely agree with that. Um, he was in a great opportunity to win the the third match and make the team. Um, it just it it unfortunately just didn't go his way. Um, but like you're saying, I, I think Andrew, Howe was that for a while where it's like, this guy can be the world or Olympic champion. You just got Burroughs in front of it. And then it transitioned into God, it was David Taylor to date, to, but then Isaiah, where I go, man, Isaiah is one of the best guys in the world. You just got, you got the best guy in front of you, unfortunately in, in your country. Well, and like you said, back in 2009, 2010, it was, it was dark days for the U S on the, on the national scene. I forgot that you went to Russia though, went to the motherland. What was that experience like? That was one of the cooler experiences. Um, I was, I was obsessed with Kudikov. Kudikov was, was God to me. So it was the first time I was ever able to be around him, talk to him a little bit, like grab him, wrestle with him a little bit. Obviously he's way lighter, but just, just that, that guy was my hero. Um, but I was, uh, I was in the bracket with, well, the, the teams we wrestled, uh, we wrestled Iran. So I wrestled Gudarzi, the guy that Burroughs beat in the finals of the Olympics. Uh, the guy from Azerbaijan was a world silver medalist the year prior. So 74 kilos was, it wasn't the, uh, 
it wasn't the most advantageous like position to be in for our team. I mean, it was, it was the guys I had to wrestle were extremely tough. It wasn't the hottest weekend for me. But like just being in Russia though, to, to see a tournament like that must've been insane. Was it in Moscow or like down in Dagestan? It was, it was in Moscow. I, it was, it was like weird leading up to it. It was, it was, I think it was originally supposed to be in Iran. And I think, you know, just something security wise came up, mm -hmm. got moved to somewhere else in Russia. And then last minute Moscow. Wow. Yeah. It's man. It's funny you say Vasek Kudokov. I was watching a match of his with a guy we're doing our next audio documentary on. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't say yet. I'll tell you out there, but yeah, that guy, what a, what a shame to lose him so young, such a talent, man. Oh, it, I mean, it's, it, I, I actually think it was the first time that I got extremely emotional over a death of someone that I, I really didn't know. I mean, I know for five minutes I was able to go up to him and try to tell him how much I like him. And I actually, I, I tried to wrestle like him. And after, after one of the matches at the, at the world cup, I went up and I was shaking hands with him and he, and he pointed at my chest and he goes, I like, he goes, I like you. I like you. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, oh, what just happened? <laughs> um, Because I feel like I tried to be exciting like him. Like when, when two guys, no matter how good they are, when they're standing around wrestling is boring. Wrestling's boring. If they're doing that, I'd mm -hmm. rather watch another sport to be honest. than two guys just tied up or just barely hand fighting. I want to see guys getting after it guys trying to score guys being tough. That's what I want to see. Nothing's more enjoyable for me to watch than that. But then wrestling on the other end, nothing really is more boring. And uh, so I tried to wrestle like Kudakov. I tried to be really exciting. I tried to score a lot of points. So I think that, I think he kind of recognized that and was like, all right, you, you know what? Like, I, I like you. You're trying, you're trying to be exciting. And that's, what's so fun about watching the U S guys now. Like you watch the worlds this year. It's like, these guys are laying it on the line. They're wrestling wide open. It's amazing to watch. Our guys are unbelievable right now. Our our team is is unbelievably good. I am so impressed and proud of the U.S. guys right now. Absolutely. Now, if you look at coming up this season, so we had IMR, we had the new facility, we had the Worlds, which we hit on. Lucas Bird's wrestling in the All Star Meet. What are your thoughts on the All Star Meet coming back? No, I I like it. I I think it's a uh, a very cool like uh, experience and honor to be invited to it i wrestled in it when i was in college and it's still something that like i look back on and i think it was very cool that i was able to be in something like that and i think it's just it's to him it just validates kind of recognizing how good the country thinks he is uh bird had a little bit of a misstep over the weekend bird has not won an opening season tournament in his career here He's he's all for three now. I love Lucas, and I feel like that's why I can say it. But it's also just kind of showing that he he's he kind of eases into it a little bit. I think the opening season loss always refocuses him. It motivates him. But I don't. I, we're not looking at it it as anything of like, oh man, where where are we at? Are we not doing things right? No, it's. I I actually texted him that that night. I'm like, "Will you f and win an opening season tournament? Like, what is going on? <laughs> he is such an animal. Like, you know, and knowing how competitive he is, that's just only going to fuel him. Like, I would not want to be practicing with him this week. No, I, you're absolutely right on that. And and the other guy you were mentioning, Isaiah Martinez, he's like that. Like, if you, I remember Emery Parker beat Isaiah one day in practice, and Isaiah was 
waiting for him at his locker the next day to make sure he didn't find a partner before. And, and Bird has that kind of same mentality. And Bird in, in his finals match, he uh, he just wasn't offensive enough. When he's really getting after it, there's no there's nobody that can be on the mat where he can't walk off as the winner. There's nobody if he's offensive. He just he he held back a little bit. I think he let some of the pressure get to him as far as it's a it's a younger kid with some hype. Um, but Bird getting after it is uh is extremely hard to beat. And I think he was a little passive in that match. He was a little passive, but it was right down to the wire. And you know, people are chalking that that kid up as a you know a newcomer on the block, but you know, Still Lucas Bird fan, man. I love that guy. He he's so awesome to watch and such a staple for Illinois. Gotta give props to Zach Bronagle getting a W, going up a weight and, and winning the winning the open. Zach looked great. Zach, Zach looked the best on our team. He was um he was kind of saying like how I was describing the the two the two ends of wrestling. Someone being true to the craft, really trying to get after it. And then the other end is a guy just never pulling the trigger and it could be boring. Zach was true to the craft on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He was right in your face. He was trying to score. His his uh, his offense was great. He never he never hung out. And uh, him up at ninety seven is a better weight class for for him. He he just does better against bigger guys. It's always been that way in in different competitions in practice. So I think this is a really good spot for him. And and Saturday I was really happy with what I was seeing. Yeah, and if you look back, you know this is. First weekend under the books. We won't go through every every lineup, but those were some highlights from the weekend. You know, entering your second season, what were some of the big big takeaways for you coming out of year one? Was there anything like you didn't that was kind of unexpected that you didn't think you'd be spending so much time on, or, or was it about as you had planned? Because I know you had been in you know leadership coaching roles for a long time. I I would say like the actual the actual work, the practices, the stuff that I have to do in my office, the the meetings I I regularly have i i felt like that was um pretty much what i thought and i think all head coaches can probably say this especially in the conference we're in there you just feel a massive amount of pressure and it's probably the same way as being the wrestler i don't think i felt have felt the kind of pressure that i have um since competing really and it's, uh, it's it's just because we want we want to do so good we're so competitive we want to win. We want to do a great job. We we want to be uh, the best coach for these kids possible. The best the best leader for the program. So I would say maybe this 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 amount of pressure that I feel, and again, pressure is self induced. But I would say that was probably something that I didn't I didn't realize how much that was going to come. Wow, and that's I mean it makes sense though. With that, I mean as the face of the of University of Illinois, one of the most prestigious conferences of all time. I mean I. It would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and you and you there's some of these other coaches in the conference that they 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 were coaching at their school almost like before I even started college. They're staples, they're they're enormous figures. And now you're in some you're in some meetings with them. You're kind of sitting at the at the same table. So I think there was a little bit of an adjustment of like belonging. And I think that's uh the same thing that I was the message for some of our younger guys, Max Morenteria. Uh, Danny Pacino, Dylan Connell was you, you guys belong. You guys absolutely belong. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. You guys are here. You guys mm-hmm. are phenomenal wrestlers. And uh, some of our transfers that came in, Kivon, Edmund, plenty, there's other names too, but you guys, you guys belong. There's such, there's such a, a mental aspect to it. And I think it kind of relates to me being early on in my career, 
knowing I belong, handling some of the pressure. When I think about a college coach, outside of the actual wins and losses of that week, there's also the pressure building of this recruiting class and the next recruiting class and the class after that. So like you're doing two jobs at once. Do you do a lot of the recruiting during the season or is that done outside of the normal season? No, I, th- I think that's 24-7. It's, that's a treadmill. Re- that's a revolving door. It's, it's, ne- it's never ending. And I think re- with wrestling people, there's, there's a little bit of a double-edged sword as far as we never feel like we're doing enough. Like we never think it's enough. And so if I'm not texting a recruit, calling a recruit, something like that, you kind of you, you go, man, should I be doing this? And where, when, when is the point where you can draw the line? Mm-hmm. And uh, so with, with recruiting, it's, it's year round. You start thinking, man, is, is another coach doing more than me? Have I talked to him enough? So I think with recruiting, it's 24-7, 365. Man, it's probably like sales. Like you, you get up in the middle of the night, you're, you get a drink of water, you if you let your mind think about a deal or something, you're like, man, what's going to happen with that deal? Is it going to close? Like, and then next thing you know, you can't go back to sleep. Like you could, you can go down a rat hole for, for hours on that. For it's, it's sales. It's sales. You're looking, you're looking for the right kid, but at the end of the day, it is sales. And some of the, some of the best coaches are ones that, that got away from it and were actually in sales, like mm-hmm. selling selling garage doors like with <laughs> people that just people that just kind of got into that field and then and then came back because that's that's really what it is with recruiting you're trying to really build that relationship you're trying to prove that you have the best product for them and when you talk about recruiting i love the tour you guys did last spring and like as i'm saying this i'm like i think it was last spring my my time is so off after covid did you guys do the built in illinois tour last spring yeah no you just made me question what it was too I, it was, yeah, it was in the, it was in the spring. Uh, I mean, we taught, the thing is we totally stole that from football. So I think a lot of people in the wrestling world, just, they don't follow Illinois football, but Illinois football tr- did that about a year ago. And I called those guys and I was like, Hey, you care if I just, if I steal this, if I take it and they're like, yeah, no, go ahead. That's fine. So we really promoted it, but, but what they, they, it was a great idea. And it was something that, that we really needed to do. And we hit up pro- probably 20 different high schools, youth teams, all in like about a month span. It was me, Ed and, and Hunter going all over the state. We were on 57 and 80 and all those streets a lot. And uh, I thought it was, we, we really need to keep building the relationship with high school coaches, youth coaches. We really need to get the state on the state on board. And we're, Mark Johnson won the state over with t-shirts. He, he always had t-shirts and everybody he ran into Mark is, is, is hysterical. He makes you feel like, uh, like you're his favorite person. He tossed you a t-shirt and you were a lifelong Illinois wrestling fan. And I think there was a little bit of kind of that, that concept behind it, build a relationship, throw a t-shirt and, uh, and get her trying to get everybody on board here. And just for folks who are listening who aren't from Illinois, basically what you did is, like you said, you went to 20 high schools in like a month time. So have you guys just gone like Monday through Friday or how'd you structure it? I I really hate missing um, our stuff, our practices. So I tried to schedule everything possible around that. Yeah, Medlin or yeah, Brian Medlin is obviously part of all the planning, but uh, for myself, Ed Ruth and Jeremy Hunter, we had, we just had a schedule. We reached out to all the coaches. Hey, what's your guys practice schedule. And we kind of lined it up and we had, um, yeah, basically like, like a, a, a musical bands tour. I mean, we knew exactly where we were going for the next, for the next month. 
we actually had we actually had a lot of people and I started feeling bad because you can't hit up everyone, but we had people reaching out behind the scenes like, hey, come to us, hey, come to us, which I thought was awesome. And I and I love that and appreciate it. And that was a that was really cool, but kind of behind the scenes, but you just you can't hit everybody. And and like you said, the, the football program, we got to give some props to Illinois football. I mean, I know they had a loss this weekend, but they've been having a hell of a season. They're they're doing great. I'm I I'm a big Bielema guy. He's tough. He's like wrestlers. He's got like a he's got like a Dicka and Buckus vibe to him. Like, he <laughs> say, like he'll say whatever he wants, and he's he's awesome. And he and he's a wrestling guy. He's from right by you. He's a Quad Cities guy. Is he? Bielema, yeah. And uh, he just his his kind of demeanor his toughness really he's really relatable with wrestlers so i have i have an enjoyable time with him when i see him he really helps us out with recruiting he's out he he reaches out hey do you want me to meet anybody you want you know if if i'm bringing anybody over to see their facility he always makes himself available um and 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 some people might not think of the the recruiting advantage of having a good football team Mm -hmm. so kids want to have a great college experience it's not just it's not like just the wrestling and we, we are very um, like singular focused on winning an end play title. I think that for most kids, that's the most important thing that to most important thing to them, but they also are, nor, are normal human beings and they want a, a nice college experience. And at Illinois for the last five years, it looks like, it looks like a, a rock Island high school football game. The, the stands, are you Rock Island? <laughs> Dude, you're dropping every Quad City reference. I love it. I know. Well, I'm, I was Geneseo. Were you Rock Island? No, oh, no okay. I, I was right, Geneseo. It's, like yeah. it's like a Geneseo high school football game. And the there was no like energy. There was no excitement. Uh, and uh, And now with a good team, the night game they had about three, four weeks ago, it was almost sold out. The tailgate was crazy. We brought in a few recruits and they all committed. I mean, they were like, all right, we saw the wrestling part, which all our recruits always see. But now look, man, look at this tail, look at the tailgating, look at the game, look at the, mm -hmm. the the energy and the students and all that stuff. And that that's part of their 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 choice in college also. Uh so you you look at like the big house, Ohio State's Ohio State games, Penn State games. I mean, I can't even imagine how electric those are. And right. And, Kids and kids feel that, and that's part of their decision. So, us having a better football team, people see them on TV more. Um, I like that we have we always do a good job with our jerseys, and it's just to a, a fifteen to eighteen year old, it's it's cooler. Illinois mm -hmm. is more on their mind. So, us being better in football is is better for wrestling. It's cool that the head coach is is friendly and like you know you guys are getting along, and he's offering to help like that. Yeah, Lo Lovey was not quite like that. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a lovey I'm a lovey guy just from being from around Chicago. I mean, this is the guy that coached the Bears for a decade, brought us to the Super Bowl. So when they hired him, that was the like, I I was like, this is the absolute coolest thing ever. That my alma mater just hired Lovey Smith as their football coach, and uh, but Lovey's reserved, he's quiet, wasn't quite the same. Good guy, but Bielema is uh, he's got a he's got a cool personality to him. And he really makes himself available. And even uh, our basketball coach, even though I need to, I need to start setting this up because um, I just, he kind of just brought it to the table within the last like four to six weeks. 
but we were in a meeting and he was talking about how much he enjoyed going to Okie state wrestling practices. Cause he was at Okie state before he came here. And I, I mean, I had like no idea about what. And, and so now I'm like, all right, wait, uh, Brad, I got to reach out now and I got to start giving him our schedule and get him to our practice. Cause that, it, and, and under is very similar to, to Bilama. He's just, they, they have this Dick of Buckus vibe. Dude, I, every time you mention Ditka, I will never forget the story you told me about when you were a caddy for Ditka and Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan did not tip you, and so you had to go to ask Coach Ditka for the tip. I was like 14 years old. I go, hey, <laughs> Coach, hey, Coach, everybody called him Coach. Hey, Coach, uh, Jordan didn't give me anything. And then it was, he took out his wad, and it was that mother effer got, and Threw me a threw me a thousand bucks. I was in maybe eighth grade. That would be that would be someone handing us a million dollars right now. To me, yeah, yeah that's uh, Jordan that's, really didn't tip you. I can't believe that. Zero. Man, maybe that so, wasn't that uncommon either. I, I mean, I might I, I I don't know, but I feel like if I had that kind of money, I would just be handing. I would just be giving people money. My tips would be ridiculous if I had that. I couldn't I couldn't imagine ever being. Uh, ever being uh soft on a tip that's why i don't leave the house with cash i spend it before i get back well that's man it sounds like just great energy and great atmosphere at illinois now and see i never knew like how friendly the coaches were like between the different programs you know if there was any friction or if it was kind of like the guys hanging out you know when practice isn't going on Oh, no, there's no friction. I mean, I, I really root for all these other teams. I want them to be really successful. I think it's just like, kind of like we were talking about with the football team, it, the, the football team being good helps wrestling, the basketball team being good, anything, the tennis team, the better our teams are, the more it helps wrestling. And I, and I really like these other coaches. They're great people. So I'm, a, I'm always rooting for everybody. And, and, the, and the better they are, I mean, it puts, it, 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 it fuels me a little bit more. It motivates me to make sure that I'm keeping up. Well, and like you said, with using the coaches for recruiting, there's a famous story of when Spencer Lee came to Iowa, Kirk Ferentz got called in and he talked to him for like four hours and the brands weren't even there. So like, it's, it's all about who you can connect with, whatever you got to use, you'll do it, you know, to get it, to get the, to get it over the line. When I was in high school, uh, I took a recruiting trip to Oklahoma and it was Adrian Peterson's first year on the team. So it was like his third game. He ran, he rushed for like a billion yards. The The crowd was, was unbelievable. And then they brought me in and I met Stoops after it was in his office and talked to him for like a half an hour. And so now I'm like a huge Stoops guy because of that ever since then. And I was reading Stoops' book and he's talking about, that he goes, I play, he starts getting into, I played at Iowa and played football at Iowa and uh, was really friendly with a lot of the guys on the wrestling team. And uh, he's, he's from, I don't know if he's from Ohio or Pennsylvania, but he's from like just out kind of East in that area. And he talks about, he goes, yeah, there was a wrestler that I was really close with that he, we didn't have a car and he would drive us home. Cause it was like on the way. And as he's describing it, I'm going, this is Jim Heffernan. He's describing Jim Heffernan. He's talking about the guy. He, this guy was from Cleveland, and and I called Hef, and I'm like, Hef, were, were you tight with uh, with Bob Stoops? And he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, I used to drive him home all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> oh I, just, I just, I just, I just, I just read about it. Wow, 
The uh, so Oklahoma was a front runner until Mark Johnson came and had dinner at the family. Oh, it, no, it, it, it was Illinois the whole time. Nobody even had to do anything. I was taking recruiting trips just to take advantage of uh, of like being wined and dined and being treated like a king. Uh, it was Illinois all the way. My brother was already at Illinois. He didn't wrestle, but that that is kind of a big deal. And I yeah. wanted to be where he was at. We were ranked in the top five in the country for the last for the five years leading up to me making a decision. My two high school coaches were Griff Powell and Tony Siebert, who both wrestled at Illinois. But it was um, it was uh, uh, it wasn't it, it really wasn't possible that I wasn't going to Illinois. And now you're the head coach, man. It's it's awesome to see, and you know everybody has a has a story in one way or another about watching you in high school, watching you at Fargo. You know those amazing Illinois teams of the 2000s, the the 05 Big Ten champs. I mean, it's just uh, we're all very excited, and the season's upon us. Uh, you guys are heading up this weekend to Missouri Open. Yeah, it's the Tiger Style Invite. It's hosted by Missouri. It's in Kansas City. I really like the idea. It's only six teams, six Division One teams. Uh, it's going to be a tournament, so it's going to be uh, just kind of on the smaller side. You really don't see a college tournament with six teams. Mm -hmm. I really like it for the opportunity of we're going to have good competition, and we have a few weights we're still figuring out, and I want to see our guys wrestling the same guy. I want to see our guys wrestling the same guy from Missouri, our guys wrestling the same guy from Little Rock or some of the other teams there and seeing how how they're going to do against similar competition where when it counts. So I like the idea of a small tournament, a lot of matches against the same guys. Yeah. So are you taking the whole lineup? How many guys are you taking? No, there's um there's a there's a limit to it on how many you can bring. So uh camper campering everyone. Got it. Did you guys, when you were wrestling, did you guys go to the St. Louis open still? Uh, uh, no, we went to the Missouri open. I think the St. Louis one was like really big. And then around my time, it changed to the Missouri open. I don't know if Missouri hosted. Okay. St. Louis one also. Yeah. There was some legendary like Juco D one matchups at that tournament. Same with the Kaufman brand, but they don't really have that anymore either. You know, over time, there's been various opens that have been, you know, kind of really big season tournaments, like we were saying, the St. Louis Open, the Kaufman brand. But, you know, Michigan State looked like there was a ton of hammers out there. Yeah, when I um when I started looking at, at the teams who were entered, I was like, I did, I did not realize that this was going to be this tough. I know it's always one of the tougher opening season ones, but you're looking at the entries and it's like, man, Oklahoma's pretty much bringing their whole team. Michigan's bringing them uh, pretty much their whole team. At least I thought it was going to be. They brought about 75%. Um, Ohio State brought their whole team. A lot of good, just other mm -hmm. other smaller schools. Uh, so it was it was an extremely tough tournament. I think from there was there's always there's always good and bad. It's not it's never good enough. Uh, I would say my my biggest takeaway was I I was so pleased with Zach Bronigal, but I think the rest of our guys, we need to we need to be more offensive. We need to pull the trigger more. We're just we're we're holding back a little bit. And I I look at that as as a mental thing, and we need to start kind of tackling that and and start figuring out how to get us to to pull the trigger more. And you know, uh, you know, I'm a Quad City guy, as we've well established. And Moline's got a, a long history of sending guys to Illinois. Matt Lackey, national champ. Um, Cole Brower stepped. You know, he's a freshman for you guys this year, and I didn't realize that he was a two time state champ. So I mean, solid guy coming in for you guys. How did he do? So Cole made it to the finals. Uh, he lost to Bozakis in the finals. Um, 
got the first takedown, then the match kind of uh, didn't didn't go quite his way after that. But Cole is what what I like about Cole is his his grit. No matter what is going on in practice, he will get up and he is in your face. He's a run through the wall for you kind of guy. So if he's if he's winning in practice, he's right up and in your face, being true to the craft. If he's losing it, if he's losing in practice, he gets up and he's right in your face. So he's been he's been a great addition to the program. He's been really pushing Bird, pushing Pacino, pushing Maximo. He's been great for us. You can win so many matches in Division One just by out toughing dudes like that too. Like, like within a oh, year right. or two, like so much gains. And like you go to open tournaments and you're like, how that you know guys who you never even heard of are just winning just you know just out toughing guys. And uh, you know he seems like he's got that temperament. I I thought Metcalf said it best. So everybody knows the the pace that Brent Metcalf used to wrestle with. He was feared from his pace. He would Brent was a great wrestler technically, but he was way more feared by from his pace. There were there were guys that were better technical wrestlers. He said, "All I have to do is just rein, reinforce that I'm going to wrestle like this to the guy in the first thirty seconds. Then I would just feel him crumble." And so, if if you go out with a pace, like going back to like Cole Brower, you start developing a reputation of being in the guy's face, um, being mean, being tough, being a guy that like eats concrete kind of guy. It Win matches by just grabbing a guy and, and reinforcing. That's how this match is going to be, just so you know. And a lot of guys are human. They want to be able to um, – um, they want to be able to uh, – they want guys to fall down for them. They want matches to be easy. That's just kind of our human side. Everybody's like that. Um, sometimes you go out there and if the guy just puts a, a really big pace on, you're in a lot of trouble. And I think Brower is going to be a kid that if you don't go into the match thinking um, that it's going to be a war and wanting a war, I think it's going to be a tough, it's going to be tough to wrestle Cole Brower. Well, coach, it's been awesome to catch up with you and have you on the show as the season's getting going. I know you have a signing day coming up in two days, so we'll have to have you back on to talk about some of the exciting stuff you have coming up with this incoming or the soon to be incoming class. Any, uh, any last words before we sign off coach Poeta? No, thank you. The Howard Stern of, of interview. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Awesome. Go Illini. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for listening to this episode of wrestling changed my life with head coach, Mike Poeta. This episode was brought to you by Beat the Street Chicago. Help Chicago youth experience the life-changing power of wrestling with a donation to Beat the Street Chicago. If you donate before Giving Tuesday, which is November 29th, Beat the Street Chicago will match your donation 100%. Go to btschicago.org slash donate. And that's it, folks. We'll see you later this week with another episode of Wrestling Changed My Life.